0: What's up, everybody? This is Aaron Simpkins, host of the True Strength Life podcast and owner of truestrengthapparel.com. I'm here with my guest, Marcus Tatum. Frequent, frequent, I almost said flyer. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he's been on a lot of episodes doing daily words of wisdom and other things. And uh, we did this last year, so we're doing it again. And hopefully it'll just be a yearly thing we do. Yeah. Uh, Recap of 2019 and also... Uh, some of a looking forward to 2020. Some personal, some cultural things. And so we're just going to talk about some things that came to our minds and have happened to us personally. And uh, that's basically what this episode is going to be about. So let's get into it. Yeah. Okay, you can start. <clears throat> All right.
1: I'm starting with my personal.
0: Whatever you want to do. Let's do that.
1: <clears throat> so this is my personal recap uh, for 2019. Uh, just some some markers of things that have happened um, in the past year, uh, some uh, rite of passages and so on and so forth. Um, just an update on my year. Uh, I got married in February, so shout out to Wifey, who is still watching. Um, uh, in April, May, um, I don't know, I'd say abandoned, but I, I um, disbanded a church plant. Um, that, uh, I just didn't feel, uh, it's what God was calling me to do specifically. Um, spent a lot of the year, Aaron got a lot of brunt, got the brunt of it, spent a lot of the year, um, really, uh, struggling with, uh, I don't know, just, just local church operations, um, if I'm being honest, just, just, just struggling. Yeah, still, um. And so that's been interesting and, uh, i say, fun to walk through. Um, I started Dave Ramsey. There Dave, Dave Ramsey's uh, Baby Steps. There we go. Uh, so my wife and I have been, you know, walking through that together. And that has been fun um, to, to do something together um, and uh, start seeing some accomplishments, uh, you know, while working together. So that's been fun. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I've learned, uh, I'll add this to the end of my personal, the biggest thing I've learned this past year is uh, my most effective ministry for Christ um, that I could ever have is honestly loving my wife um, and prioritizing my household as my first ministry. Yes. Um, that has been a, and I've learned it, I learned it like a brick in the face, but its it's been like most people do. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. So, but it's been it's been amazing. Um, it's been honestly amazing. Just growing. Um, you know, we always say marriage is really the tool that God uses to shape us into who He wants us to be, and I feel that's exactly what's happening. So I'm super excited about it. Um, we're about to celebrate. Obviously, like I said, we got married in February, so we're about to celebrate in a couple months, um, our anniversary, our first anniversary.
0: It goes by quick. Yeah. I'm coming up on five. It's moving. Bro. Bro, you're old, so yeah, that's you know, no. a little
1: different. <laughs> Stop. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> it's been good. I mean, been learning, growing. Uh, some major things have happened, so it's been
0: good. Cool. Was that all your personal stuff, or just a couple? Yeah, no, that's all. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go over mine then. In, well, I'll spare you the details, but our second child was conceived yeah. <laughs> this year. Um it's a boy, and my wife is due, well, next month in February, end of February. And, uh, it's, it's exciting. Uh, it's very, there's a lot of different things going on. She's, uh, the first pregnancy, she had a couple complications. Um, she actually landed in the hospital for about a week, uh, when she was about five months pregnant. And, um, and this pregnancy, she, she hasn't had any, any problems like that majorly, but the entire thing in general has been a lot more uncomfortable for her. Um, so, and she just blames it on, you know, well, I'm growing another you and <laughs> <laughs> which could be true, but, um, so that's exciting. We're, we're looking forward to that. Um, a little boy is coming and I mean, we, we couldn't be any happier. Uh, and excited. Um, I guess I'll go chronological order somewhere early on the, in the year I received officially received my apologetic certificate from Biola university, which I was working on in 2018, but finished it and got it in early 2019. Um, so that's why I'm kind of including it in this but that was pretty exciting for me. Uh, it, it was, it's not a huge, you know, generally speaking, it's not a huge thing. It's not like I got a degree. It's not like any of that, but, uh, but it was something that was an official, official document showing that I was consistent and, and finished a, uh, a piece of education that was important to me and uh I uh you know up to this point I don't have any college degrees I don't I don't have any of that stuff to to my name officially so this is kind of the first one of hopefully I'm 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 looking forward to doing a couple more um but this was the first one uh, officially having a certificate um so I mean is that could like Am I technically a, a certified Christian apologist now? I would say so. That's weird. I would say so. So yeah, there's that.
1: But uh even just based on the content you put out, I would say you're definitely respected. Okay. I mean, you got what are you friends with uh Steve Shram and He's a beast. Uh, I know. Uh I mean you're you're in the community, bro. Okay. You know?
0: Well, um you want to set that up. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're working on a live video thing. Uh, and then, yeah, so there was that. And that, like I said, that was kind of just, you know, that was important, um, to me personally. And I thank my family a lot for that too. They, uh, it actually was given to me as a birthday gift and, uh, and, you know, they, they want me to do another one. So they said, okay, for, for your last birthday, which was last April, they, uh, told me to, to pick out another one, I, and I haven't yet cause because of what I'm about to mention. We've been going through a lot of other stuff, too. Um, we bought a house, and we we bought a house in the near the end of October. We're still working on it. it it's not a fixer-upper, but there is a lot of work that we're doing, so we want to just have it all done before, uh, before we move in because we're going to be in with a little girl and a very pregnant wife that's going to have a baby very soon, as soon as we move in, so we want to have it all ready to go, and, uh, so that's been exciting, it's been a lot of work, and, you know, uh, my, my dad's been helping me a ton, Uh, I mean, uh, well, let me say this, none of this would have been done without him or my parents' help, and so we're, we're very appreciative of that, and, uh, so, yeah, bought a house, about to be in it soon, hopefully in January. Uh, what else was on my list? Oh, preach for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was exciting. Yep. So, my, uh, my church, my pastor came up with the idea that all the Sunday school teachers should teach a couple minutes from the pulpit, um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and there's four, uh, there's, f- there's four main adult Sunday school teachers, uh, really f- actually six, but one of them's in pastor and one of them is off right now. But, uh, anyway, there's four of us. We all taught about 15 minutes and I think it went very well. Uh, and it, and it was, I, I enjoyed it a lot and, and I was, I, am definitely glad that I got the experience and the opportunity and I'm, I'm thankful to the leadership and the church for giving us that. So that was fun. Um, and, and quite honestly, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say no to doing it again either. Um, but also what challenged me a lot and still to this day, what what we were given was talk about thankfulness, and I had Colossians three fifteen as as the main verse. Um, but I'm just I'm thankful that we had that that challenge to us to talk about thankfulness, so we could learn more about that topic, because I've I've learned that it's it's kind of become a something on my mind that that is almost at the center i it, it's it seems like it's ever since i've done i i preached on that um it's been at the center of my mind uh over everything you know make sure when i wake up every day am i truly thankful for this day um am i am i truly uh, before anything else before any any you know drama starts with family uh, or you know maybe you had a disagreement with your wife before you went to bed or whatever like, are, am I still thankful, though? Am I thankful for them? Am I thankful in my prayers uh, to the Lord? Because guess what? I said this in a Facebook post last night. God is still God. Jesus still lived, died for our sins, and rose again, and defeated death, showing that He is God. He was the Messiah. And through believing and receiving in Him and uh, repentance, we can be saved and live an eternal life. That that's all still true no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what your current circumstances are, no matter where you are in life, where you're living or any of that, all that's still true. So you, we, we still have to have that as our foundation to be thankful. And, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so with that, my final personal thing, um, and and you might need to help me kind of work through this, and how to maybe get it across right. So, I've always looked at ministers, uh, or just people in ministry in general, or, or or mature Christians. That it seems like they have a, whether they realize it or not, they have a main uh, uh, a main message that yeah. that they always seem to harp on or they always seem to want to get across uh like I know my friend Jason, Jason Bordeaux, Solomon's porch podcast, uh he his thing is purpose. He wants to help people find their purpose and discover their purpose um through the Lord and uh and I think and it kind of hit me recently in the past month or so, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think my main message is is kind of two part but it, it's make it simple, keep it simple, and also what it so in other words, by keeping it simple, go back to your foundation. what is the foundation of what you're dealing with um because when you when you look at somebody's life, or or you look at what somebody's going through, you if you find out the context, the the foundation behind their upbringing, or or something like that, you find out a lot about that explains a lot about where that person's at right there, you know, right then, and uh, and then as as a uh, as a believer again, giving, uh, give, wanting to give the gospel and have. Have that that reach people, what is your foundational message you're trying to get across? I mean, so many Christians come off as those judgmental legalistic um, types because they're trying to they're always trying to harp on you need to do good, you need to do better you know need, you need to do those type of things when what is what is and should be our main message as believers? It's the gospel, and what is the the main? And this is all part of keeping it simple. So I'm, I'm I'm simplifying it by going to what's our what should be our main message? The gospel. Simplify that even more. What is the biggest part of the gospel? The resurrection. Simplify it even more. That goes into Jesus Christ as a person here on earth, and and his life and, and and his miracles and uh him claiming to be God uh and all those things and and him being backed up by other sources so it's that's what I'm talking about that's my main point um with with what is our foundation um and I know uh I know there's been you know a few times in conversations we've had this year where i know i harped on you about that um but i think i i don't know like i said i don't know what to do with this i don't know if like this is you know the thing that i should stick to and 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 be about or just naturally is just you know as maybe jason would say this is my purpose to talk about foundations yeah um
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think you kind of alluded to it. I think that too many Christians, I mean, I feel like all of us should be doing that. Like, it it should all stem from that. We all, like, when we communicate, whatever message that we have, it's got to go back to the foundation anyway, right? You have to lump it in. You have to, I don't know, like, you got to get there eventually. Um, You know, you can have whatever message. But if it doesn't end, and you even made this point with just, you know, being thankful for the cross and all of that—like it's got to end with the cross of Jesus Christ. It's got to end with all of that. So, whatever message you have, um, whether that's purpose, whether that's uh, evangelism, whether that's you know hardcore on doctrine, it's got to end with the gospel. It doesn't make sense otherwise. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I think I think the the main thing has been that many Christians lose sight of the foundation, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, and his resurrection. And once you lose that, um, you're kind of just a talking head. Yep. And you And there's you ha- a lot of those Yeah, many. And I think and you have the you can start to get judgmental, you can start to get, you know, stray away from the center of this thing, which is the gospel. <clears throat> so I I don't I wouldn't even say it as if like, oh, you know, Aaron, that's your thing. That should be all of our things. But we've just as a community have done a i think a poor job at least publicly in the in the uh celebrity pastor you know world uh people that have that platform i mean they've just done a poor job of keeping it simple um yeah. You can have whatever message you can go as deep as you want it, it can get as complex as you want it, but if it doesn't end with the very simple gospel, and the Bible actually- ta- calls the, the gospel simple. Because at the end of the day it is what it is. Like it all ends starts and ends with the gospel. So yeah.
0: I mean, uh what is it, uh John fourteen six, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus talking. I mean it doesn't get any more simple than that. Right. There he so he either is the way, the truth, and the life, or he isn't. Yep. Period. Yep.
1: It's pretty simple.
0: Um And I'm not saying all this to say that there's obviously not a ton of complexity in life and situations and, and even in the Bible and stuff like that. Um, but we, uh, I'm saying it in a way of like there, we need to be aware that we need to be aware of, of the fact that we do overcomplicate things a lot of times and, and to just keep it simple when it, when it just doesn't have to be anything more than that, um truth is simple because truth is truth or it's not right. so uh <clears throat> yeah
1: cool,
0: okay, so you want to dive into uh well i think i think stuff.
1: I think it's a perfect segue into <coughs> um you're good I think it's a perfect segue into the elephant room stuff, uh, if we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, if you guys aren't familiar, um, there was, and I don't even think they're up anymore. So... uh, Really? Yeah, I I, I tried to listen to one on the way here. Um, So, basically what happened was there was this, uh, I I guess I'll just call it a ministry, just to keep it simple, a ministry on YouTube that posted um, maybe a a half dozen to a, a dozen videos of this series... They titled Elephant Room. It um, was a few years old. Yeah, it, it definitely looked. I
0: think it was from 2012, actually. Okay, you got a date on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it looked like I mean Stephen Frederick was on there, so it, and you can you know he's made some drastic fashion and <laughs> uh, just <laughs> body. Yeah, I mean a lot of changes. So I mean you could tell this was old, older. Um, so but they just had seemed like they just released them either that or we maybe missed them then I don't know um and we'll get to Jason's question. I, that's a good question. Um but I, I but I think that um so basically the, the, well, let me g- go here. The concept of the the video or the series is that it pits two uh major voices um in the Christian community against each other where they differ. Um it um it gives them an opportunity to talk through differences, talk through theological differences, talk through um ideological differences, um just practical church operations differences and you kind of go head to head. I mean, all the issues that you could possibly think we have with some of these celebrity pastors, why we don't listen to this guy, why we love to listen to this guy, they talk about that stuff um in on the elephant room. And I think that's why it's called the elephant room because it's the elephant in the, in room. the room, yeah. Of, that man. that
0: isn't isn't really talked about, but they right. wanted to bring it out.
1: But exactly, and I and I loved it. I mean, you have to be careful, and I, and and some, sometimes I think maybe that's why I was wasn't on YouTube for the longest time, or maybe that's why it's off now. Is you have to be careful when you do stuff like that because you can kind of create this, and it's funny. Matt Chandler did a a, a, a sermon called Arena Culture, and you kind of create this arena culture where you have these just people fighting with each other and bickering, especially within the Christian community. Over stuff, one we shouldn't be bickering over, and then it's just a bad optic. Um, you create division in the church, and it's just not healthy. But um, but anyway, I I did enjoy watching the videos. Um, so Stephen Furtick, I did too. yeah, I, and I was so excited about this particular video with Stephen Furtick and Matt Chandler. Now, for me personally, it was like watching the Super Bowl because um, Furtick is a guy. Uh, I used to listen to him, and, I, and just by saying that, you kind of understand where I'm going. I used to listen to Stephen Furtick, um, and I have much respect for him uh, because there was a time where I grew immensely under his teaching, um, for whatever reason. You can say he changed, you can say maybe I outgrew or matured, whatever. But um, And then there's Matt Chandler, who, as of today, he is probably my favorite Bible teacher, maybe alongside, honestly, Jackie Hill Perry. Um, and, uh, his church, the Village Church, uh, I believe in Dallas, Texas, or Flower Mound. I think he has a couple of campuses out there, but, um, that, yeah, it's one of my favorite churches in terms of modeling, just how I believe a church, uh, should be purposed, um, the things they prioritize, the things they, they do. And of course, I'm doing this from a third party. Like, I, I don't, I've never been stepped foot in that church, so I don't know. But just from what I see, um, I have much respect for the church. Um, so this for me that that video was like I'm going to get so much out of this like I'm just super excited and I and I did. I I showed Aaron before the podcast just a ton of notes that I had just from watching that video. Um and I mean I I, I think we both we both watched that video and we had more respect for Fredrick as we we watched. Yeah. And then I even realized that I had some disagreements with Matt Chandler. Um yeah. you know, so I think it was just really cool. Um and I really much, you know, just very much enjoyed the The concept of the video
0: i like that video a lot um and i also really like the td jakes one
1: i haven't gotten to that one yet it's yeah. uh td T. Jakes, jakes with
0: it. mark driscoll mm. and <clears throat> both two two uh very controversial figures nowadays but back then they were not well i mean td jake's not very controversial but is one of those guys that Often comes up in the prosperity preachers and right. and all when when people are talking about that, um, but he's kind of one of those guys that, uh, uh and, and Mark Driscoll, you know, since those videos were made, he's had you know different problems and stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, it, it was showing you know Mark Driscoll coming from a reformed uh, background and and belief system and T D Jakes. Basically, people were like, "Where are you coming from? Like, what? What is your? You know, because yeah. that's one of those things. Like, there's so many questions about T D. Jakes, but, but nobody's really actually got to ask those very direct questions, and they did, and yeah. it it was very good. Um. Uh, and, and again, with any of these guys, not to say that you're going to disagree with some stuff that they say, because um, you are. Uh, like, like Marcus just said. Chandler's one of his favorite teachers, but he found out that he disagreed with him on some stuff, um, where, where I think TD Jakes is legit, but I also think that there's some things that he doesn't maybe do in the best way because it, 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 it may be giving the the wrong message in, in a way that it's not meant to be given, um. But at the same time, I think he's legit. I think he's. I think he is somebody that truly loves the scripture, loves God, and wants to see people know God. Um, same thing with Furtick. You know, like I said, you. I. I it, it's not meant to be that we're all going to hundred percent agree with with each other a hundred percent of the time because we're not. Um, Marcus and I don't agree a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> we've we've had those discussions and we'll continue to have those discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's. All a part of, I think, fellowship and, you know, iron sharpens iron, building up, building up the brothers and, and the family. And because uh, we're a family of of God. Right. But within families, there's there's never always 100 percent like peace and Tranquility, like there, you know, there's right. within family, there's disputes yeah. and there's yep. all kinds of things. Absolutely, um but you still can love each other. You still can can be there for each other and and support each other. So, uh, I I think that's I liked seeing it. I liked, uh, uh, yeah, I like that coming up. It and like I said, that wasn't necessarily a 2019 thing because it happened. You're right. It happened years ago, but. Videos it, kind of resurfaced. It, uh, it came into our lives in 2019, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's why it was it was big yeah, for us. Yeah. Um, and within the community of of track stars, uh, I know Jason Saul was talking about those videos a lot, and and a couple other people. So, uh, I enjoyed that time. What else do you have, or do you want to go to my list?
1: Well, do you want to get into uh, the the main topic they disputed? I don't remember what that was. They basically, Furtick's very evangelism heavy. Chandler is oh. doctrine heavy. Um, yeah. You want to get into that? Maybe quickly.
0: Like I said, this this might be a disagreement right here. Yeah. I don't know. We've never discussed this, I don't think. No. So let's see what happens. <laughs> so go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, Um. I ended up taking a lot of notes. Cause, so this is where I felt like they were both more extreme than they needed to be. Uh, Furtick is very, get them in the door, get them saved, get them baptized. And that is is basically his measure of success uh, for his church. Um, And for Chandler, it's not so much the numbers or the people or salvations, but it's people that come in, maybe already saved, maybe get saved, whatever. His focus is depth. And seeing people grow and mature spiritually, and uh, and and you know, see them, yeah, see them just simply mature and grow spiritually through biblical training, um, theological training, um, or maybe studying is a better word, not especially training, but um, so that's where they kind of differ, and those are kind of the two extremes of the. Christian community I guess because you're kind of you see many churches as like either they're a you know bible heavy like you're gonna understand scripture and be able to read scripture for yourself kind of church or you're a shallow on the theology but very heavy on uh you know evangelism and give Jesus give Jesus, give Jesus. yeah 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 exactly so um and there's obviously some you know, respect, both are needed, right? Like, yeah. we I, we can't sit here, I don't think either pastor was saying, oh, no, never do evangelism, or, oh, no, never, never teach the Bible. And no. they weren't. Right, they, yeah. neither one of them were saying that. Um, but I do feel like they were both more extreme than they needed to be. Uh, at one point, Chandler responded to Stephen Furtick saying, um, just something along the lines of, you have to pick. He just kind of implied that you have to pick which church you're going to be. Um, and I, I remember stopping the video and I just, I said out loud, I'm like, why do you have to choose? Like, there's, there's not like the Bible, you know, when we talked about it, the gospel is simple. Like, it's very simple. Um, we understand the gospel because we understand doctrine because we understand doctrine. We evangelize. It's not this like separate or exclusive thing of like, you pick one or the other. Um, I personally believe. This is my personal opinion, this is not me speaking any type of Bible scripture, but I personally believe that if you focus on doctrine, you automatically get everything else you want in a Christian. If you focus on reading the Bible, if you have Christians that are reading the Bible and growing in their understanding and wisdom of scripture, they are going to be, through the Holy Spirit, uh, better givers, better lovers of their wives or husbands or... Um, you know, just better people Because scripture teaches it Because the Holy Spirit is working in you as you read it To say, you need to be convicted of this To be, uh, to start evangelizing Um, this is something, you know Scripture is very clear, right Jesus says, go therefore make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the, Father, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit That's a command, that's doctrine But that's also evangelism Because that's the command of doctrine So that's my personal belief Um so I don't think this is you have to choose kind of idea.
0: I think where their where their disagreement was was their their uh, not clearly not clearly uh what am I trying to say? Um where Furtick Furtick is more of a uh from the from the pulpit when he's preaching, he's gonna be a little bit uh, well, even just yeah, wasn't word I'm looking for. Evangelistic heavy, yeah. um, and maybe less intricate. Um, where Chandler is just going to be preaching Bible, you know, going to be exegeting the scriptures from yeah. the pulpit, yeah. And but but what they both did say at one point was that they there's ministries within the church. It's not because because a lot of times we we uh we equate the their their church to to how they preach one time from the pulpit mm. at one point yeah. during the week yep. and there's many other other things that go on in the church yeah. so i think what they were both maybe trying to say but i don't i guess it maybe not didn't come off great but they they both were saying that there's other ministries within the church where, you know, you can go deeper, uh, or you can, you know, learn the, the simple truths and, and get saved and get baptized where I think the disagreement was in how, uh, uh is, is how where Chandler from the pulpit is going to give you that depth, um, and, and stuff like that. But Uh, where people also can be saved from it and get saved and he knows that it happens um, because obviously his church is growing and and they just, they know the numbers and stuff. Um, But he also has those, you know, he himself is evangelizing outside of that and, and other teams and stuff within his church and other ministries where Furtick is more evangelistic from the pulpit, but there's also ministries within the church that he's also a part of that go deep.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's just, I I think really what it was, was just a, there's just a different style from the pulpit. Yeah. yeah. But they, they agree with at the end of the day, I think they agreed on, on, uh, if they did it again, I think they would find out they agree Hmm. on the main point. They just have a different way of getting there. Yeah. Um, because like I said, from the pulpit they're obviously very different. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, and that's why I said I've never stepped foot in Matt Chandler's church. And so even what I say about him is only what I see publicly from the pulpit because that's all yeah. I have access to on, you know, YouTube yeah. is is his sermons and his preaching. I don't I don't sit in meetings with this man. I don't know what they're doing behind closed doors uh church or operations wise. I don't know if they're going on community walks, knocking on doors preaching the gospel. I don't know. You know, so I can only give that, that opinion from where I, my perspective, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good point. What you got? Yeah. it's transition.
0: Transition. Uh, some cultural things that, that I wrote down. Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> going uh, you know, I mean, we were already diving in heavy into yeah. some topics, right? So yeah, we might yeah. as well get a little deeper because, you know, Avengers is so deep. Uh. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyway, it was a big cultural thing. Yeah. Um, Marvel was kind of running the, the the movie industry, obviously, especially for superheroes, um, for the last 10 years, 15 years or something. And and the latest Avengers Endgame was kind of the end to that whole first act, first series yeah. of, of Marvel Universe movies. Yeah. Um, so it was a big big moment for a lot of people obviously was huge for the movie industry and and just culture in general in America especially um I th- was it the biggest sell movie of all time? I think it was.
1: It definitely broke some records whatever it was. Yeah. It broke a few records, yeah.
0: Um so that was just big, not not a super important thing I guess depth-wise in life in general but just big. Uh so I wrote that down. Um, in more of a christian community standpoint uh and just build i think building up the body uh as a whole and and stuff like that i wanted to bring the light the fact that the the first the the first basically non-white guy to do a study bible mm-hmm. a full study bible came out this year yeah. and i don't want that to be uh overlooked cuz i i think I think that is a big deal. And I think it also it, it it made me reflect upon like why? Why is why is why was it not until two thousand nineteen, you know, so what's been going on in the body, you yeah. know, just as a whole. Yeah. Um two thousand nineteen where it's it's been this long until somebody other than, you know, a white preacher came out with a study bible. Um and really a common, you know, The study Bible is basically a bunch of their notes along with scripture. Um, And so people have been doing commentaries forever. uh, But a study Bible is kind of, it's all put together with the scripture on the same page that it applies to. And it's just, you know, it's, I love those because I love that I can be reading scripture and then and then kind of get a get a look into the mind of of this great man or or person that that also was looking at that same scripture and see yeah. what they had to think about it. Yep. That's why I love study Bibles. My my wife I drive my wife crazy cuz I'm I'm buying a new study Bible like every month. But <laughs> uh uh but yeah, I, I, it's just a big moment um again, like I said that I want to just give some attention to um Wait, did I even say who it was? I don't think I did. I don't think you did, no. Doctor Tony Evans. Yeah. Um he's been a, a preacher, pastor for a long time. Yeah. And and with him, another important historical note, he was the first uh black PhD um graduate from Dallas Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. And now he's the first black uh black guy with a study bible. Yeah. Um which I think is just incredible. And and I think we as a body should, you know, don't don't just support it just because he's black. Right. You know, I, I wouldn't say that, but, uh, but it 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 does have significance. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just is. It just is something that is significant, and we should at least be aware of it and know about it, and uh, just be thankful that, you know, we're living in a time where that has finally happened. Um, and kind of a little sadder side note to that with talk, Dr. Tony Evans, I just want to mention, um, just be in prayer for him and his family. Uh, his wife just actually passed away. I think it was yesterday or mm-hmm. maybe two days maybe ago. Two days ago yeah. um, it wasn't unexpected. They they knew it was coming. And he's released a, a few very encouraging things about it that he's written uh, about his wife. Uh, and uh, so I was also just reflecting on like end of life you know, thinking about end of life situations or thinking about dealing with and going through uh, a loved one's end of their life, you know, how, how would I handle that? Um, how would I want, you know, my, my, how am I helping, you know, my wife grow in a way where if I'm to pass away before she does, you know, how she could handle it. Um, It just, it brought upon a lot of those thoughts and, 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 uh, I'm very appreciative to to hear his insight and, and read, um, just, just things that God has laid on his heart through this time. Obviously very tough, but he's also very encouraged and hopeful and exciting, excited that his, his wife is with God right now. His wife is with Jesus in heaven and, uh, and, and again, that's only do us believers, only do believers, we have that hope. That's it. Period. If you're not, if if you are not a Christian, you're not a believer, you do not have that hope. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the simple truth of the gospel. That's all wrapped in that. And I, I've just, I was just encouraged by seeing that. Um, and all that came to mind because I was talking about Dr. Tony Evans. So. Yeah.
1: No, that's good. I'm. Well, I just want to comment on something you said cuz I think it's important. You know, when you said um earlier that uh you kind of responded by by saying why that, you know, why is it why 2019 are we just now having the first yeah. African American um uh author of a study bible? And I think the fact that you're asking that question is huge. Um not because we need to get into the deep answers of that but because i think that nature and it even goes to our, i think our next point um about culture but we'll get there but i think i think that we as a church have not been reflective enough to sit back and look at the the flaws that we have as the church and ask the question and ask ourselves why um you know, and I don't. And again, I mean, this more general, not necessarily just to the question of why are we just not having a, an African American author of a study Bible, but for a lot of reasons. I mean, we have to look back and say why, as the church, are we still? And the statistic is still true that 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday mornings is the most segregated hour in America. Yep. We still have to look back and be like, why? What are we doing? And we're not self-reflective enough. And then you know even just politically we've gotten so deep as the church as a um as a voter group it's kind of sad that we are a voter group in polling that's what we're known for you know and we have to sit back and and ask why like why is that and i and i and i just again not answering these questions necessarily right now but but we have to be better as the church cuz i think in 2019 we definitely realized that we are not, we've been realizing it for a while, but 2019 kind of came to a head. We have to start, like, sit back and actually self-reflect as the church and ask ourselves why. Um, why do we look like this? Why are we acting like this? Why are certain things happening in the church? You know, Why are we not having the same impact on culture uh, that we maybe once had? And we definitely did have at one point in yeah. history. And um, so I, I think that's an important thing to point out. Um, yeah,
0: I agree. So. so do you want to get into the next thing? <laughs>
1: Let me introduce it. Yeah. All right. So let's transition into our next topic. Um, president Trump. Dun, Oh,
0: uh, we just lost half the people.
1: Yeah. They all just left. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's obviously a huge cultural topic. Um, especially obviously culturally nationally um and again uh as as we partner and I and I don't say this just for gospel and culture but I say it for true strength as well. I mean Aaron and I just personally um we our goal is to apply the gospel in everything. Um it's not like we're Christians only when we talk about the Bible. Uh we're Christians when we we engage with everything. Um and everything is basically culture.
0: Kanye said, "I'm a Christian." Everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and that's a great quote. I'm mean, seriously, that is that is an amazing quote because it's true. He's not, you know, a Christian when he once to goes to church on Sunday. He's a Christian when he makes music. He's a Christian when he's making videos. He's a Christian when he goes home to love his wife and his kids. Like, you know, and we have to. <laughs> Jason said, "Who <hoot> that <laughs> presidential?" Um, you know, so so we want to apply the gospel to to what we're going through as a nation um, with just how divided we've been politically um, with what's going on now with the impeachment um, and just how we as a country and as even again, as a, unfortunately a voter group um, as Christians have engaged with the political arena. And so I think uh, we somehow want to talk about that.
0: It's gonna to be tough to talk about that without showing our political biases. Biases,
1: yeah. Well, I think we should just call them out what our political biases are, and uh, you know, um, um. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we're, both, we're both like, uh, how do we do this? Yeah. Well, let me well, let me start with this. So, I think my my spiel is gonna be more about um, how do how do we as Christians just engage period with politics, um, not necessarily too specific to trump um but we'll see we'll see where it goes um so i think that i mean basically as i just said we have to engage with politics the same way we engage with everything because we're christians and i think that a lot of us do have that mindset i think we vote because of our christian values. i think a lot of people i think that's why it's become a voter group honestly um, at least white evangelicals has become a voter group
0: and, well, and black um, Christian, what's that black Christians, yeah, but yeah, they've been their own They're, and yeah. it's funny because the, the, the quote unquote white evangelical group hmm. is on, is, is Opposite almost right. always thrown in the right wing Right. and the, the black gospel Christian, whatever you right. want to put them as is always on left wing. Yeah. Why? Yeah, we both we both are supposedly based in the, based same, in the same thing, right? But we're on two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's very interesting, and I think it's another one of those we have to ask why, right? Be self-reflective as a church, um, and then Aaron and I, we always find ourselves uh, in the middle. <laughs> yeah. um, we are very uh, uh, we've we've seen that's something we have in common that we kind of start in the middle because. But then even as we study and research, we find ourselves ending in the middle of a lot of these conversations, um, a lot of these uh, debates. Um, so I think for the most part, both of us are pretty independent. Um, we're definitely independent thinkers. Uh, we don't just automatically subscribe to whatever the right wing says or whatever the conservatives say, whatever Republicans say. Uh, nor do we automatically you know, subscribe to or um, push off what maybe the left wing liberal democrat party says um you know we kind of listen and, and hear what it is um we have our biases nobody's you know we definitely have our biases we all do um i mean you can just guess what each of our backgrounds might have been yeah and you already know where the bias came from but you know so we're we're in the middle but we're coming from two different two opposite ends um and so we've had many conversations on where we're like well that's not how i'm thinking about it um But at the end of the day, obviously, it's like, well, we kind of land again on the gospel. But um, I don't know. How do we, I guess maybe we should just pose a question. How do we, uh, let's see, let me see what Jason says here. Um, He says, "I, I just bring the culture of the kingdom of God into every area where I live. So whoever represents Jesus as a whole the best gets my vote. Thank you, Jason, for, uh given an answer to that. That's, that's a pretty good answer.
0: That's not bad. I, I would have some pushbacks to it. Um, yeah, uh, because, uh, see, that's tough. It, it it really is. It It is tough because you're talking about politics, which is, um, not a God is not at the center of politics. Now, whether or not we as believers believe he should be is a different question, Um, but he's not, and uh, God does not run our country, unfortunately, it's ran by man, and a bunch of different guys and girls that have all different beliefs and backgrounds, and, uh, so I don't know, it's, it's... it, it all those all the very common questions come up because you know if you're if you're going to vote for who you think is is the most jesus respecting person that person is not going to ever have a chance to be president we've just found that to be <laughs> true right yeah i mean so yeah i guess so you know that that person is typically an independent runner well he
1: said but he's saying the, he's basically he's almost saying I I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Jason, but he's almost saying the lesser of two evils though. He's not necessarily saying the guy that best well, I don't know. Because in my opinion, the guy that last time that best he said all right, let's read that. Uh we're just sorry guys. We're gonna... just trying to read some comments that are coming in. Jason says the biggest problem is do I vote for that person who is going to represent Jesus the best or who will defend the Constitution the best. Um I think that's a I mean, I think that's a great point because because I actually disagree with you pretty heavily on the, God is not the center. Of I know what you mean by it. Like, yeah. like it, at the end of the day, it's run by men. But, and I know you even, that's why you separate it, whether it should be or not. I think we both agree that it sh-
0: he should be the center of it.
1: Now, I also will say,
0: obviously, I know that there's scripture that says God sure. puts leaders yeah, in yeah, place. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and I know you're very aware of that. So yeah. I understand exactly what you mean by what you're saying. But I would even say that that and because I don't think that you can say and I'm not saying you're in this group, but there are a lot of people that say what you just said, but then also say God put Trump in office or or, or and I think we all as Christians believe that God has allowed this to happen and he that's he you know we all agree with that I think that but you can't necessarily say uh, God you know our government's run by man. Man has complete control over that and authority over that. But then also say that, oh, well, well God has is the one that's in authority and has placed Trump in, in the presidency. So I think there's a little bit of a...
0: Well, that would be a big conversation just on that.
1: Yeah. Oh, of course. But I think there's a disconnect. The because you get disconnect. into
0: sovereignty and free will and, and all well, sure, of stuff. Well, sure. Of
1: course. Of course. But I think there is a disconnect if we try to apply it both ways. It's almost... It sounds hypocritical on the surface. It may not be, but it, it definitely sounds that way. Um... Yeah, our biggest fan Jason is. Um, But I think, but to Jason's point, that's actually been my personal um, complaint with the church as a voter group. Is that I feel like we're more worried about um, defending the Constitution sometimes than we are Christian morals. Uh, And and I'll get deeper into this because I think... Our vote, our vote, we think our vote shows us that we're about Christian morals, but at the end of the day, we might not actually be. We might be a little bit more tethered to the Second Amendment than we are Scripture. And that's guns, bro. Yeah, (laughs) right. So, I I think that's been my complaint, my qualm, if you will, but, um... That's a weird word. Yeah. Been using it a lot lot lately.
0: I don't even, I have no idea how to spell that.
1: Q-U-A-L-M think i'm probably wrong i don't oh, know i will never use that in my life anyway uh yeah i i i just i just feel like for me that doesn't even come into it like i just don't care about i i'm sorry i really am but i just do not care hey sandy please uh s- send some thoughts in if you do have them and w- want to share them feel free um but i i just feel like i mean i just don't care about the second amendment when it comes to being a christian if i'm gonna let my vote be led by the spirit of god and it's, and it's possible, it's very possible the Spirit of God might say, hey, you no, know, it's important. It's important for you to uphold your Constitution. It's very possible that the Spirit of God will say that. But my point is, I think that that cannot be the cornerstone of our vote. If The cornerstone of our vote is not pleasing Christ, right? I'm making this vote because I feel like I'm pleasing Christ and what He's called me to do. And I do believe it's possible. I don't can't say I dogmatically believe this. But I believe that Jesus would or the Spirit of God would at least... Tell you maybe to vote one way and, and actually instruct me to vote another i i i that's a whole debate in itself honestly because i even as I just say that, I disagree with myself a
0: little bit <laughs> I've never even thought of that but so, yeah. but but that's, seriously that's, that's a that's a
1: debate in itself where maybe the spirit of God says no for you, you know I'm convicting you to vote this way because I'm working something in you, I'm getting yeah. you to think a certain way, but then for me I'm also trying to get you to think a certain way that maybe because we come from two different ends of the spectrum, God is trying to mold me and to think a different way. Like for me personally, what I've started doing this past election, general presidential election, is I no longer can say I vote for myself. Or I can no longer say I vote for people that look like me. But I have to vote for everyone. I make my vote because I actually care about the person next to me who doesn't look like me. I care about the person that maybe has a different um, financial situation. And I have to consider them too, I feel like. That's been my personal conviction. Um, That I no longer vote for what's good for me, just for me, or what's just good for people that look like me. Um, But that I have to consider Christ, obviously, but then also the people around me. So that's kind of how I've been filtering it.
0: Usually I find myself thinking uh, when it comes to who I'm going to vote for, um, who is the best that I who who is I believe has the best policies for America as as a and and especially when you're voting for president you kind of have to think very broadly there's obviously very many intricacies and stuff that you can get into where a president may not very may not have much of an impact on or might have a lot of impact on um so it is a very broad kind of answer but um I just lost my train of thought. But yeah, so voting for who I think, and, and like I said, this this part, so so break this down, this part of saying who I think is best for America, when you say that and when I say that, Maybe we might things. come up with a different answer. Right, for sure. Because of the different things that God's working through our right, lives right. And, and and all that. Yeah. So it's it's keeping that in mind that when you're having a political conversation with somebody, and, and and okay, let's let's keep it to you're having a political conversation with another believer. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the assumption is that that they're having God work through, work in their lives and and growing every day. So they're working towards what what God wants them to be or where mm-hmm. God wants them to be. Um, it's very tricky having this conversation with somebody who's not a believer because they don't have the same foundation we do. Right. You know, you have yeah. no idea yeah. where they're... They, literally, their their opinion is just their opinion. Right. It's, it's, it's it's not based on
1: anything.
0: In anything. It, it's only based in their life experiences, their upbringing, their, right. their research they've done, and then come up to a conclusion that they think is good. But let's go back to why do you think it's good? You think it's good just based off of your opinion of what you think good is. Hmm. So it's a different con- it, it's a whole different thing it's a whole different situation I mean, you could argue
1: we shouldn't even really be maybe having those deep conversations with unbelievers
0: anyway <coughs> excuse me and that's a you know that that there is is a is a possibility yeah. um all these things you know could be could be talked about uh very heavily within themselves and uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. so uh so, you know, like like Marcus said, he tries to remove himself personally from his vote. And uh, and what was your, your end answer? Uh, you vote for what you think is...
1: I have to consider everybody. I yeah. consider people that don't look like me, people that don't think like me, aren't from the same area as me. I have to consider... People, so is, yeah. is
0: that basically saying the same thing as what's best for America? Or you separate the, them still?
1: I think, well, if you mean, if you if by America you mean individual people, then yes. But if, but some people, but I think what happens is when you say it that way, it almost sounds like some of the other talking heads politically that talk about America basically, but are really just talking about the Constitution. You know what I mean? What's best yeah, for, what upho- you know what yeah. I mean? What's best for upholding yeah. these amendments instead of what's actually best for everyday individual people and you know, meeting them where they are. Sandy, you said how many Christians are, are truly truly are really truly following the Holy Spirit. Many of the church leaders you mentioned think they are preaching what God directs. Yeah. I mean, I think that is it at the end of the day. It's like you know, uh Christians vote, but you I do agree. I think many Christians aren't voting thinking about, "Well, how is the Holy Spirit leading me to vote?" I don't know. Because, you know, a lot of I mean, to her point, a lot of uh even Maybe we would call heretics. I don't know if maybe that's harsh. False teachers, maybe, whatever. They truly believe they're teaching the word of God, um, but it's because they're generally not captured by the Holy Spirit or being led by the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, uh, there's there's a whole there's so much that goes into this, um, and I even found I was listening to a podcast uh, recently. Uh, it's called "I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist" by Frank Turek, uh, under his Cross Examined Ministry. And he was just talking, and he, and he was talking about... Uh, he, he, I, don't, I don't remember what the whole episode was about, but it, he's not someone who shies away from talking about politics. And he had this one quote that stuck out to me, that I knew I would have fellow believers who would give different answers about it. Mm-hmm. So this is what I, I sent out to a bunch of people. So here's the quote. When voting for a president... Not a pastor. Good policies outweigh good demeanor. So, initially I found myself, yeah, that's true. Because mm. we're voting for a president, not a pastor. And the assumption is the options we have for, for who we're voting for, right. they're not Christians.
1: Right. Yeah. So, Yeah.
0: It, it, but again, there's things in there, you know... The, the president's demeanor ha, does have an impact on culture. Um, especially when you're someone who's uh, who's as outspoken as, as somebody like Trump is. Um, you, uh, you have... Uh, his, his things have a heavy influence on culture. Now, somebody like Obama... And this this is coming from a lot of uh, conservative side things sided things, but somebody like Obama, who's very well spoken, very very well, you know, very nice and, and comes off very well, did have a lot of uh, damaging policies to a lot of people, and but they they didn't necessarily get talked about and weren't the topic of discussion in culture. And Trump, on the other side, and again, this is coming from a conservative standpoint mostly. Trump has in play, put in place some policies that a lot of people think are for the greater good of the people. But again, his demeanor comes off as rough and kind of uh, jerky and and not kind or gentle. Um, so, in other words, are his, just from his demeanor affecting people That's having maybe a greater effect on culture uh, than the actual policies that are being put in place that might actually be for the greater good, but they're not getting the light because of his demeanor. So Hmm. what do you do with that? What do you do with all that? Um, Now, obviously, I get what everything I just said. There's probably even people listening right now that so heavily disagree with me that they're just about <laughs> to shut me off. Like, like what do you mean Obama put in place policies that were, were not good for people and Trump's been putting in good policies? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? You're insane. Yeah. I get that. Um, where I'm coming from with that is uh, I do think that some policies have been put in place that are good and I also look at the fact that the judges that are being put in place with Trump, especially if he's elected again, there's a pretty good chance, actually, and we've talked about this a lot hit throughout recent history, but I think that there actually is a legitimate good chance that Roe v. Wade could be overturned and abortions could be very much limited or shut down. Which, again, from from my standpoint... Would be a major major moral win for the country um, and just for people uh, because of how much I think abortion is an evil that is just being perpetrated as normal in culture so we can talk about we can talk about trump 's jerky demeanor when he's at a campaign rally making fun of somebody but the thing that's not talked about are those, you know, 5,000 babies that just got killed yesterday across the country behind closed doors. And now they're, you know, being walked out in trash bags. So, again, where do you, how do you want to go about this? You know, and, and how are you approaching it? What's, what's big to you? Um, obviously, you know, people struggle with, well, I don't want to be a one-topic voter, you know, and I struggle. I struggle with that too because I don't want to be a one-topic voter. But at the same time, I never ever could vote for somebody that is pro-abortion. I can't. If if I if I look down the list of what of their pro or anti and they're they're pro-abortion, done. You're you're out. You write them off. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So, Jason trying to be funny. Yeah. So, you know, again, uh, what do I do with that? Um, you know, and do I just go super, super, stupid, simple, and be like, okay, well, I'm I'm only thinking about trying to save these babies' lives because, again, government's job, one of their main jobs, should be protecting the lives of the innocent. That's one of the main reasons governments put in place. Who are the very most innocent? That need the most protecting babies in the womb babies in general because mm-hmm. they can't live on their own they can't do their own yeah. so uh so again me believing that well this is an objective fact you just disagree with truth if you don't agree with this <laughs> but okay. a baby from conception is a baby is a human being is a person okay yeah many people millions of people disagree with that yeah so again, so to them abortion is not a they don't care. Abortion is healthcare, like you see promoted. Yeah. So uh you know or or like I had with a you know a friend of mine the other day. He doesn't like abortion, but he would never tell somebody uh, never tell a girl he that they couldn't have an abortion. Mm-hmm. That's the stance a lot of people a lot of people take. So again, they're just like it's kind of a non-issue mm-hmm. to them. Now to me, it's like, well it, it it comes down to your thought of what's a life because, or, or when does life begin, because at that point, you know, you're you wouldn't say to the murderer well I can't tell you you can't murder, so you know, just go ahead and do it you got free reign mm-hmm. um, so so why do we think it's, you know men, like, step up why why do we think we should just take a, you know, take a knee or, or just, you know leave this one to the ladies and you know, you got this one. No, they don't, they don't have this one. This is, first of all, they got pregnant by us. (laughs) Like let's not, let's not kid ourselves. And then at at the same point, this is a life living or ending. And, uh, so we, we have a say in that and we need to have a say in that. Uh, but that'll go on. I won't bring up abortion again with this, but I have a, I'm going to talk about men later on.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I want to touch on that that quote one more time. It says, uh, this is from Frank Tower, when you're voting for a president, not a pastor, good policy good policy outweighs good demeanor. I think the problem with this, and this is a conversation I've had with a good friend of mine in the church, um, is that are we being... I, or I'll say it this way. I'll put it as a statement. I don't think we're being too idealistic to, to believe that we should be able to have a candidate that we don't have to pick between the two. That quote implies to me that we have given up on the idea that we can have somebody with good moral character, uh, somebody who has, um, that can be respected just because of the person they are, um, and yet, Care about the things that you just mentioned, the life of the unborn, the, you know, just what we wouldn't, maybe me and you as Christians would just consider um, good moral stances to have. um, And yet have good policies um, that we actually think are good for people and good for America. Um, That's my problem, is that I think that we've given up on the idea that we can have both. And and that's why, even as you said earlier, when you get that candidate, you feel like we, we feel like they can't win. They'll never win.
0: See in you know, in the upcoming, uh, uh yeah, election, mm-hmm. we have that this ongoing issue of we're not going to get that candidate. Yeah. Because the mm-hmm. the candidate we we know for sure one is Trump. Right. Or it's whoever the dem- Democratic candidate is. Right. And again that that goes into the this own separate topic of itself of like only the two party system of how how things are set up only two it, it's one or the other yeah um which is again a whole other thing in itself but we would maybe generally agree that we would probably like the policies Trump's pushing more than the democratic policies mm mm-hmm. But we're then stuck with: Do we vote for Trump, right. or or do you kind of like just take this step back? And I did this last election. You take this step back, and you're just like, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna vote completely. Vote my conscience. Mm-hmm. Some people say that. Vote for who I think is the most. Who I personally think would be the best for the country, even though they They would have a 0% chance of Mm -hmm. winning. Which is like, that's a, you know, I have conflict with that within myself too. Because I I, I won't ever be registered uh, to a party. Because I'm not just going to be a party voter. But at the same time, in your mind, you're always battling with, if I don't vote one of these parties, my vote uh my vote went to it, it basically didn't count right it, it was basically the same as if i didn't vote um and then i know that there's a lot of christians cuz i know of a couple uh christian rappers that i follow that that have this opinion there's a lot of christians that think we shouldn't even vote we shouldn't even be a part of politics right i would heavily disagree with that yeah. um i think that that Politics is one of those things that affects, it, it, it has a heavy impact on our daily lives. So as believers, I think we should, we should have a part in that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, but again, it, it's, what is God doing in your life and, and working in you? Um, and what, what is, where are you at personally? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It, I think it always does come down to that. I think to Sandy's point earlier, we got to be led by the Spirit to figure out what we're supposed to be doing, uh, how we engage with culture. That is literally the point of why we do anything. Yeah. Um, Sandy asks, "Who is the hundred percent sold out Christian politician on the twenty twenty ticket?" I think that's an easy answer for both of us. Uh, there are none. <laughs> so we 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 hear your point. We get your point. Yeah, there are definitely. I don't think. Would you agree? I don't think there are any. No, Trump. Yeah, okay. That was a joke. (laughs) Um, For those of you who can't see his face. Uh, Yeah, that was a joke. So anyway, yeah, no, there's no, we believers don't agree on many great issues, so it's not ever going to be perfect. That's what Sandy says. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, And and to the point I think that Aaron and I were even making uh, about how God is working in each individual believer it is very possible that on some of those great issues will will differ, and that's okay um I mean, I mean being
0: go, a, going back that was the whole point of the elephant room
1: right, exactly, exactly, and it was cool that people were just having conversation about it, respecting each other, loving each other still they weren't like you know gonna go bash each other as they left um and I think and Sandy, you know this well, being a part of our church uh being a multi-ethnic church uh and being diverse in so many different ways has really just been an awesome um, awesome exercise of being around people that strongly disagree on a lot of different things uh, whether it be whether it be church issues whether it be theological issues whether it be political issues um, there are just many disagreements across those lines if we're willing to even have those conversations to find out that we have those disagreements but I've found that even having those political disagreements within the church has drawn me closer to those people. Um, it's it's shown me that one, I realize we have our common ground uh, because of the cross of Jesus, uh, and that we are family first and foremost because of that. Which is the foundation. Which is the foundation of everything, um, and so those small, they, you know, or they become small. Those disagreements, those political disagreements. No matter how emotional we get about it, they're very small in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like, okay, so what? You voted for this man; I voted for that man. You know, whatever or a woman, right? <laughs> like, uh, it you just can't let just, that be yeah. a relationship
0: no. relationship separator. No, it's
1: it's drawing me closer to people because if you just have a correct uh, worldview on how we should be handling these things as Christians, it should draw you to understand that these are people that we or or our opinions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did we, uh, is there other political things you want to touch on?
1: Not political, no. We got a okay. couple other topics if you want to get to them. I know we've been on here for a while.
0: Um, yeah, what else you got? Oh, we didn't talk about Kanye.
1: Yeah. I was thinking of Kanye and then, uh, cancel culture kind of goes with it as well, I think. Okay. We to talk we'll about touch those on those.
0: Yeah. Kanye, uh, I think, again, is, has been a great challenge to, where you are at personally. Because a lot of people, a lot of Christians are having this this separation of, oh, he's a fake. He's doing this for money. He's doing this for more recognition. Uh he's using, you know, God's name to lift himself up and his businesses and things like that. And then there's other Christians that are like this this guy is has been Every interview he's in every time he he does these these Sunday services, like he's given the gospel all you know to everybody as much as he can, and when you listen to him, it actually is the gospel he's actually proclaiming the gospel, and I know this is a point you you've said to me before uh I forget the exact scripture reference, but Paul talking about you know the uh no matter who's giving it, if the gospel's given, it was a good thing right. So, it could be a guy who's doing it for his own uh, his own personal gain, but if the gospel is still put out there, that's a good thing. So, you know, I, and quite honestly, I think where we all should land, whether we're on the first or second side I just mentioned, I think where we all should land as believers is that we should sincerely hope that this is true. Um, because why would we not want somebody to truly be saved? That kind of goes against everything we should be about. Uh, so we should hope that that he uh, is truly saved, and we should be thankful that the 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 gospel has been proclaimed through him in different ways, in different arenas, uh, in different settings. So whether or not Kanye personally. Is a hundred percent about this for the gospel, or if he's a hundred percent about the gospel for also putting himself out there? That's on Kanye. You know, that's that's not he'll be judged for that. Exactly. Yeah. That that's not on something for us to decipher and determine and and break down and and get super into and then land us in a spot where we hate him or or we love him even more. It's that's on Kanye. Um. But the point is, we have a brother who has put himself out there, is a very super public figure, one of the most in the world, literally. And so you got to also keep this in mind, every single thing that this guy does, imagine your life with a microscope on it that the whole world saw. That's this guy's life. So, you know, imagine, imagine, you know, last night where maybe you had, maybe you were drinking drinking and you had a little bit too much and you were being a little bit fuzzy but but you love god but everybody saw that you would now be you know you would be this guy that that everybody a ton of people wrote off all of a sudden because you maybe had this this one week moment that you maybe haven't had in 8 years and and now all of a sudden you're written off because you you know that happened. uh, Or or somebody heard that, you know, you dropped an F-bomb yesterday. All of a sudden, you're written off by half the Christian people that follow you. You know, so we got to watch ourselves with, with that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you covered it pretty well. Yeah, yeah uh, I don't know what. I what mean, if you mean. had to answer the simples of, like, do we think he's saved? I think we both say yes, just because yeah. of the, just because of the f- small fruit that we've seen. Again, from our perspective, we're not in this man's life. But from what we've seen, his very um, accurate um, communication of the gospel, um, very simple. Uh, He's done it multiple times. Um, He's admitted his sin. Um, He's taken account for it, um, asked for forgiveness for it. He's communicated these things, and these are things that we look for uh, in terms of fruit of salvation. Um, So, I I mean, I have nothing to add to that. That, That's pretty solid. And I think to a... um, what Jason said, he says we have a we have such a guilty until proven innocent culture in the church today, thanks to I guess certain theologians
0: like theologians, yeah, um I agree that is a thing yeah
1: yeah, and that even plays into I think that if we can transition, I think that even goes into the cancel culture that um, we're <coughs> seeing at least I uh, just just being really. I don't know. Really, I don't know. Maybe we're we're skeptical in a way that is harsh. Right? Like we automatically think that people are doing things from a bad motive or that they're just a terrible person all across the board because of one snapshot we've seen. Yeah. Right? And I think um and I think well, not to go back to it, but I think we've done that with President Trump. Right.
0: I he was in my mind, but I I wasn't necessarily going to bring him yeah, up. I just, no, I didn't know if he wanted to I guess there, I but. guess I'll
1: go back there a little bit. But I think we do that with our president is that we he gives us a lot of snapshots that aren't pretty. We yeah. can agree, right? But I mean, we don't have to go to the extreme of like this man is like the antichrist or this man is. Like, the worst racist in the world, or... Like, we don't need to do that. This man yeah. could just be a human being that has a lot of issues, like we all do. Um And there are days that he's probably a really good human being. Yeah. There very well may be those days that he really is just like, no, nah, I'm going to go out of my way to care for this person. I don't want to go to my... Like, we don't see that. And um we can't automatically see one snapshot of somebody's life and then automatically
0: write them off. Um Which is something we have to keep in mind just in general as believers especially with this social media world that we're in now because you you get these snapshots of yeah. life from all these different people and and that's just what it is it's a snapshot of their whole life right. so we're we're judging or taking our whole belief of this one person from maybe their last 3 Instagram posts mhm but a whole week has gone by of their life that we've only seen three shots of. Right. So you have to you need to be aware of that. I think that's all part of, of maturing. Um is you have to you have to be mature enough to to think about things in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not being being led not by your emotions, but um but to actually I don't know. What would you say slow, slow your mind down a little bit, slow your, so your emotions down a little bit, be mature enough to kind of take those thoughts captive, as scripture says, and yeah. and kind of correct or filter them through scripture. I think that's what it means to kind of cap, take your thoughts captive and filter your thoughts through what God has called us to do.
0: And, and also, it goes with uh, uh, much of proverbs and scripture talks about. Um, the importance of listening over just talking. Um, yes, yes. Well, it's kind of two-sided. It's it's the words are very important, but listening. So, so in other words, ha, your words make an impact. So choose them wisely. Right. But also, listen first before you talk. Yes. And those are all, you know, biblical principles. Yeah, a lot in Proverbs, a lot in... And uh, so, again, you know, when it comes to that snapshot that we keep talking about, what are these people actually saying? So, like, for Kanye, are we going by one TMZ article we may have just saw? Or are we kind of gathering our whole thought process over, have we actually listened to his album and listened to all the words that he's saying? Have we actually listened to a couple of interviews with him where of what he's actually saying? Um, so that all of that kind of impacts our opinion about him and our thought process towards him. Because if you actually listen to, you know, a lot of the words in his album and stuff that he's putting out there, uh, it you're going to have a different thought than if you just took a snapshot and have an opinion over, you know, one article or one picture you saw of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh Sandy you said that in my opinion the church has been good at in hiding sin uh in hiding sin in the church uh by expecting Christians to be perfect if you sin you are not a true believer or you lose your status. This is because humans put sin in categories and God does not the foot at the foot at the cross is level ground. Um yeah well said very well said. Um we yeah I mean just as believers in the church we we do that with the snapshot thing like we actually provide the snapshots and i think that's what kind of sandy's saying we we kind of put our best foot out there on facebook but you know nobody sees all the the, yeah. the sin in our lives nobody sees all the the shortcomings we all know they're there we just all act like they're not there right and so and um, if we
0: did put them out there we'd be written off by a bunch
1: true of and i was going to say honestly i i mean i and that's why i'm being Candid about it is, I, I do that. We all do it, right? We all put, I mean, nobody puts their worst on Facebook. Nobody wants to. Uh, that's just real. And a lot of times we probably shouldn't. But at the same time, I mean, genuinely, there's some fear there that if I, hey, if I'm candid and open and honest about some of the things that I'm going through, that I'm going to lose friends, I'm going to lose respect, I'm going to lose responsibility responsibility I've been given, I'm going to lose uh, whatever. Um, there's the fear that, that people that have the ability to take something away from you is going to do that because they're going to jump to conclusions and they're not going to love you through it. They're not going to listen through it. And I think that is a very real fear and I think both sides are at fault. Um, for one, again, providing snapshots of our only our best stuff and then also the receiver of that saying, oh I'm gonna jump to conclusions because I only saw this one second of their life. Yeah. So
0: good point, Sandy. It's true. So uh, did did we does that really touch on uh cancel, cancel. culture?
1: I think so. Uh okay. so so if you guys aren't aware cancel culture is this idea that uh really it's it's been something well I'll put it this way. Somebody does something that's not pretty, says something that's not you know, politically a, correct. A snapshot event. Yeah, a snapshot event. Literally, in a lot, a lot of ways, it's been tweets. Yeah. It's actually just literally been 140 characters, and because of that, legit shows have been canceled. You've been people have been fired. People can no longer be drafted into the NFL. Stuff like that, um, where we we literally find a tweet from 10 years ago when a kid was 12 years old, and posted something that maybe who knows why they did it, but it's you know offensive and wrong. Or Kevin Hart. agree. Kevin Hart was in the uh, Oscars yep, they, they, from a
0: tweet he did nine years ago.
1: Yep. Yep. And it was, it was got along fired. the lines of how he didn't agree with homosexuality or made a joke about homosexuality or something like that, and he got fired for that. Um, Dave Chappelle recently, I think they said his show that he put on Netflix was a little too vulgar. He said some things that were offensive. Um, <laughs> he said some things that were offen- offensive. And um, they were talking about possibly canceling his show off of Netflix. Um, Josh Rosen, who's one of the quarterbacks in the NFL now is a rookie that I think he's a rookie this year or maybe last year. It was last year. And, um, he had a tweet when he was maybe, I think 12, 13, 14. Um, he said the N word, I think, in one of his tweets or said something that people deemed racist and he almost didn't get drafted. And, um, you know, he had to come out and and basically apologize and and all that stuff, which obviously the apology is fine. He should apologize. Granted, I think we can all agree on that, but. Um, but that's that's what we're talking about when we talk about cancel culture, and um, I think it has to do with a lack of, again, taking thoughts captive, reacting to things in a rational and biblical way, and then also it has to very much at the center of that is forgiveness. Um, how do we how do we deal with forgiving people? Um, is it conditional? Um, ha. Jason said we need to cancel Cam Newton's designer. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Uh, it's fashion design. That's funny. So <coughs> that's what we mean. I think, and I think we basically touched on all that. I don't know if we have to go back into that, but that's what we're talking about.
0: Well, you said forgiveness, and yeah, we need to make sure we have a forgiving heart because, again, going back to the foundation of our of the gospel, uh, that we are saved by is is the fact that we as a wretched sinner who does not deserve it one bit from the god of the universe mm. we are forgiven. Yeah. We have to keep that in mind. We got to remember, you know, who we are, where we are, where we're coming from. And uh so yeah. Um I think we we got on that. Um you uh you want to wrap up?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, when we catch Sandy's comment. She said, Doesn't that happen
0: also inside the church?
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, I think so. I th- yeah,
0: Because uh especially in America, um especially in America we uh we we have like this Christian culture environment group or whatever, like a Christian group, um uh, or, or we have like christian celebrities and, and we make all these pastors kind of celebrity level and stuff like that and then all of a sudden they do one thing or or you know maybe we see a picture of i remember uh, a couple of years ago there was a picture of carl lentz with justin bieber and he was taking a shot mm-hmm. we have no idea the context of that yeah and now that you know you may think and you may think drinking is evil in of itself I mean, you're wrong because it's not scripturally backed up for that <laughs> but we have no idea the context of that we have no idea the situation um, and a lot of people wrote Carl Lentz off just from that one picture Yeah. Um, now again, I know Carl Lentz is one of those guys that people have issues with anyway that's besides the point um, but yes, Sandy's right we, we do do that uh, is some yeah. lay
1: people jump churches because they no longer fit in because of something that happens yeah, yeah.
0: and Jason said those <laughs> shoes like are too, too expensive <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro you gotta stop wearing those Timberlands when you're preaching you're showing a little uh, <laughs> you're kind of showing off a little bit there
1: uh, guys that is real that's a real thing Some was it I think it was was it John Gray maybe I know John Gray definitely that happened to John Gray he had wore some yeah. Jordans and uh, they, yeah, were, yeah, like, they, they were like they were, were limited, limited edition they yeah. like, only made a certain select few of those and he wore them while doing a sermon one day and you know people were at his throat and um so i mean yeah it's it's a very real thing it definitely happens in our churches um you know we always talk about pastors buying huge houses and we we don't like that which granted i there is there are biblical grounds for at least a conversation about these things yeah absolutely we're not saying that pastors are entitled to mansions and all the money in the church Nobody, the Lambos are yes yeah, we're not saying that at all, but uh, how we react to it has also got to be filtered. Um, we have to take again those thoughts captive
0: full context yeah, full context. You know, how did they get their money right exactly we don 't know how much you know they could be they could be worth a hundred million dollars and gave away ninety million of it right You're, you still have ten million dollars, so right. you still can have a big house and yeah. a Lambo off ten million dollars yeah. But yeah. well, you just gave away ninety million and that's so, a that's
1: a reverse tithe basically a reverse tithe of offering <laughs> so yeah they yeah
0: so uh, you know again be careful in doing all this very quick yeah um yeah cool all right we'll get to to the end uh just at the end here I want to talk about um <coughs> just to share with some uh so i i, I there i' have a pretty decent number of regular list people I know that are regular listeners to the true strength life podcast and uh, I know that sometimes people are interested in numbers and they just like to hear things uh, see how the podcast is doing uh, and I know I've never shared that before honestly I almost never look at it so that's one of the reasons why I don't ever talk about it but uh just want to share with you guys and and, and just um, also you know I'm very thankful to all you guys who listen and i'm I'm thankful for the the feedback and how it leads doing this has led to further um further i'm going to call them growth conversations that happen without a mic you know and behind the scenes that I've had with people and uh so I'm thankful for that um so you know just share it with you guys where it might be um uh The podcast so far, um, this past December, yesterday, this past December was uh, the podcast's uh, second numbers-wise, second most listened-to month. Uh, We had a total, this, this is not, this is from December 1st to the 31st, total number of listens. So this could have been listened by a random person on a random episode and... Uh and you know it, but it all counts it all counts, and so the total number anyway, for last month we had the second biggest ever was eight hundred and sixty six listens last month um which to me just sounds like a lot like that's that sounds like a lot. We don't you know break it down by episode, I average about ten to fifteen listens an episode, but then when again, when you're talking about people are that are checking out other random episodes. Uh uh yeah I I I they appreciate it and and also last month um the podcast grand total from when it started uh just reached over 10,000 10,000 listens that's awesome so the only advertisement I've ever done is you know put it on my Facebook yeah uh and just just telling people about it texting it to some people that's it I'm I you know so I'm just very thankful uh that people are actually listening and uh, and again i hope it you know is helpful in some way uh and in and in engaging you in some form of growth in your own life
1: yeah yep. cool well done
0: appreciate it yeah my my last minute challenge um that i was i wanted to end the show with uh we, I, I could go way into this but I'm gonna just keep it short and simple. I have a challenge for married couples. Um, stay together. stay together, grow together, each individually keep God first and God will be the and then God will automatically be first in your relationship. And, uh, you know, marriage is something that within our culture has been, it's just been falling apart and we're losing, we're losing marriages. I mean, the marriage, the the divorce rate within the church, (coughs) excuse me, within the church is pretty much the same that it is outside of the church. I, that's, that, we should be, I, I don't even know, we should be absolutely ashamed of that. Um, and, and. Uh, marriage is, is is our number one ministry. If you are a married person, that your marriage relationship is your first ministry. Period. It's not the kids at the church. It's not uh, your own
1: kids. <laughs> it's not your own kids.
0: It, it's not your own kids. They're they're not first. It, it it's your it's your wife. If you're the husband, it's your wife. If it's if if you're the wife, it's your husband. First period. God then husband or God then wife, that's it and uh, we need to get back to where we understand that to where we, we we take that seriously because we're falling so much into this American culturalized idea of you know we we live for the kid first and we're going to do everything for the kid first. Well guess what when you get rid of kids you get rid of kids outside of the house once they go away to college or go away to whatever, you don't know how to live with each other. That's why the divorce rate for people who have been married for already 20 years or so is going way up because they're becoming these empty nesters and they don't know how to live with each other because they haven't paid attention to their marriage relationship. So we need strong marriages. We need the family back the way that God has designed. Um, so men, especially, step up. Be a leader in your household. Demand on that.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: So yeah, any last words?
1: No. All
0: right, we're good. good stuff. Appreciate you guys. Thank you yep. for listening. Check this out on uh, True Strength Life Podcasts, and uh, I'm Aaron Simpkins, the host, owner of TrueStrengthApparel.com.
1: Marcus Tatum, from Gospel and Culture. Yep check <laughs> this on
0: check this out on the Gospel and Culture page. Yep, and uh, we're out. God bless.